I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center... Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, last I heard, it was a dispute with some youths at the Kansas City shooting. Did, did they know any more than that now? Uh, I'm not sure how much more they know. Uh, ABC Tonight was reporting on what they know so far. You want to hear that real quick? Sure. Uh, hit us with number 90 there, Michael, would you? Authorities in Kansas City say the hail of bullets that erupted at the end of the Chiefs' Super Bowl parade was the result of a fight that escalated into gunfire. And two of the three people in custody are juveniles. The result of that fight, 23 people shot, at least half of them children under the age of 16, the youngest just eight years old. Some encouraging news, just three children remain hospitalized and all of the children are expected to make a full recovery. For what it's worth, I heard the audio from when the the shooting broke out, and absolutely somebody was using a an automatic pistol. Really? Wow! Because yeah. I I'm pretty familiar with how quickly you can squeeze off shots from a semi. Wow! They got to find that person who's got an automatic gun of some sort. I think they I think they did. I suspect it's one of the three people in custody. Holy crap! But I don't I don't know for sure. American people in Congress need to pass common sense gun law. Yeah, those things are outlawed already, you see. It's the yeah. problem that the, these sorts of people don't follow the laws, you see. You can, you can make it a gun-free zone, but they, they, they may not pay attention to your sign, you see. Yeah, that, that, those guys violated two, two, three, four, five laws before they even pulled the trigger. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, a lot more to come. We got a, a variety of topics. We got a text reminding me of a story from when I traveled to Russia, Tucker Carlson-like, many years ago that is pretty funny and I'd forgotten about um, when I went to the museum there. I'll have to tell you that story after this. Oh, okay, fabulous. Why don't we take a fun look back at the week that was? It's the Friday Tradition Cow Clips of the Week. Have you ever put butter on a pop chart? God's sake. It was unbelievable. The resolution is adopted. Here is cow. Clips of the Week. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. 
Part of your cash hoard that you had collected over time. Cash what? Hoard, H-O-R-D-E. Oh, I thought you said something different, sir. I've got a busy day Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on. There are, you know, people of every age and, and gender, by the way. I know I don't look like it, but I've been around a while. <laughs> Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey? Mama Kelsey. And this nation makes great chocolate chip cookies. How do you go on TikTok and end up looking older? <laughs> No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. Helping a free people defend their freedom is simply the right thing to do. Alexei Navalny, one of the most charismatic and prominent opposition figures Russia has indeed known, certainly the most prominent of the Putin era, has lost his life that every leader kills people, including my leader. Every leader kills people. Some kill more than others. Leadership requires killing people. Sorry. In the north of the Gaza Strip, Israel discovered a massive tunnel beneath the United Nations Relief Works Agency, or UNRWA headquarters. She utilized both male and female names. Houston Police Department reports she has been identified this entire time as female. He got close to me, I got the right angle on him, and I hit him from behind. I see the gun on the ground. Hello, Mr. Walken, who does this table work for you? How do you like them donuts? I'm so sorry. you said you heard an interview with that guy who caught the winning pass for the super bowl about blacking out what, what did he say about that it was funny. We got an email that said, uh, kids, uh, the younger generation, they always say that when they do something great. I blacked out okay. um, because That's it's from old old school with Will Ferrell. Okay. okay? <laughs> and, and and I thought, oh, okay. And then I saw the interview with the guy. But no, he explained that, no, it's like I, I have no memory of it. I just, it's, and, and I thought, well, that makes sense. It was so incredibly exciting, and he had so much emotion and excitement. It's a hazy memory to us. So I don't know what he's talking Has that about. ever happened to you in your life where something was so impactful, emotional, that you, you, you blacked it out? You don't remember? I don't think that's ever happened to me. I've not no. caught a winning pass in a, I mean, geez, you'd be concentrating so hard. Your mind would be doing so much. Maybe it just, you know, it just well, well, fritzed yeah. out. Oh, well, yeah, I could see that. I mean, at the moment you catch it and realize you're in the end zone in, in a fraction of a second, you would comprehend, I did it. It's over time. We won. We're the Super Bowl champions, and you're getting mobbed by teammates, and it would be a blur. Hmm. I wouldn't describe it as being blacked out, but, you know, he can describe it however he wants. Um, but it's not like he had to be revived. <laughs> Oh, hey, just real quickly, and then we'll get to your charming story of Russian tourism. Um, and I certainly believe they have a thick file on you. It's amazing how quickly that 
uh, Hamas tunnels under UNRWA story went away, isn't it? That is a giant, blanking, horrifying scandal. We've been paying hundreds of millions of dollars into the U.N. who have been funneling money directly to Hamas that was plotting horrific terrorist attacks from under the U.N. headquarters, and they knew what was happening there. That is a monumental history-making story, but incredibly inconvenient. And away it went, as if it were some sort of, you know, human interest story at the end of the news. You know, man rescues cat from tree. (laughs) Um, so Gladys, it was January 2007 that I, for some reason, and I don't even remember why, decided to go to Russia on vacation. Russia! Was that when you were on your, uh, your Russian author's kick? I've always been on a Russian author's kick, but, I, but mm-hmm. I, I'm a child of the cold, we're, we're child of children of the Cold War. I've always been interested in, uh, the Soviet Union and Moscow and, and uh, Red Square and all that sort of stuff. Historically, huge Russian literature guy. And I, I don't even remember how I made the decision. And it was during the period of time where, at least I thought, a lot of the world thought, Russia's actually, you know, becoming like a regular country. And is sort mm-hmm. of like a regular country. And I had done some world travel to easy places to travel to, like uh, Mexico, Great Britain, Italy, places, other places, but tourist-friendly enough that there was so much English around, it was really easy to get around. So I I just assumed Russia, certainly Moscow and St. Petersburg, were similar. I mean, I didn't even really think about it. This is pre-smartphone, by the way. That reminds me, There, Judy and I were in a a, uh, Munich train station. I want to make sure we got on the right train. I asked a young woman, she's probably in her early 20s, excuse me, do you speak English? And she said, of course I do. And she was German. But And it wasn't contemptuous or anything, but she was like, well, of course I do, you silly man. So, yeah, that's a very different place than what you're about to describe. Yeah, my limited world travel, it was effortless to get around. I mean, if you went into a big, giant, big city train station, there were signs in all kinds of languages, but lots of English. And there was an English map, and, you know, people at the hotel. I mean, just it was not hard. It was not, it wasn't really challenging at all. Well, right, and even if you're uh, you don't speak German, for instance, if you want the train to Stuttgart, and there it says Stuttgart on the sign, you go there. That's one of the problems that Russia's got that Cyrillic or whatever it's called alphabet, so their their letters don't even match up. So, so there was zero English. That's my point, zero. Yeah. So I yeah. so I, I land there. I barely get out of the airport because uh, I was in trouble from the moment I got there because there was just no English around. There was no like. Exit this way, and 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 again, this was pre-smartphones. So there was no looking it up or translate or anything like that. I had not been to a major international airport where it didn't have exit in English or something mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhere. Anyway, I just I couldn't even figure out how to get out of the airport. And then when I got to the whole customs thing and everything like that, there was some Russian guy there with a badge and a gun who wouldn't stop yelling at me. I mean, I showed him my passport. I'm trying to get out of there, and he just kept yelling at me, just kept screaming at me. I'm not, I'm not, and he's slamming my passport on the table and pointing at me and pointing at signs, and I oh, had no boy. idea what he was talking about. And I just kept shrugging my shoulders, and I thought, I don't, I'm stuck. I don't know what's going to happen. Are they going to put me in jail? Finally, he just waves with you. He just waves his arm like I'm tired of this. You're pissing me off. You're, I'm disgusted with you. He waves me out. So I'm, I'm through the turnstile, and now I'm out into, I'm into Russia. I'm into the part of the airport, and I just, I mean, it was a struggle from the first second, trying to figure out where the train station was. I was at the train station for three hours. 
because I had a hotel room booked in St. Petersburg. I had to get on the six-hour train to get there, and uh, I'd booked everything in the United States. It was easy online. The train station, no English, not a single human being speaking English. There was no, you couldn't decipher the, the 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 schedules or anything like that. It was just, I was just lost. I was as lost as I could be. Finally, after three hours, I heard oh an English word from somebody, somebody who spoke English, a guy who traveled, and I went, I said, dude, I've been here for three hours. I have no idea. He helped me out and figured out how to get to St. Petersburg, but... The whole trip ended up being that way, more or less. Like, trying to get to the bathroom or order a cup of coffee or whatever else yeah. was just, eat, everything was just impossible. I'm looking at the Cyrillic alphabet right now. Forget it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I what mean, is it, that? It bears no resemblance <laughs> to any sounds or anything you've ever heard. Right. So, um, the one of the funnier parts was I'm in, uh, I'm in Red Square. It's, it looks just like it does on television in those big giant churches with the colored balls on top and Lenin's tomb and everything like that. And I'd seen all these Soviet Union parades with the Titan missiles and all that sort of stuff. It was just it was fascinating to me to see that. But I, I went into a museum and I'm walking around this museum and there's no English anywhere. So I'm walking up to displays and looking at them just thinking, I wonder what this is. <laughs> I'll be darned. That's a this looks old. This is a military uniform of some sort. I don't know who it belonged to or for what war or what century. Anyway, I'll walk over here. I wonder what the heck that is. I mean, I wasn't in the museum wow. very long because I thought I'm not learning anything. <laughs> oh, God. It'd be easy now. Well, I wouldn't go to Russia now. Like I said, it was during that brief window where we kind of thought they were becoming a democracy or whatever. I I wouldn't go now. Um, but at least if I had a, a smartphone now, I could do the Google Translate and get around. But on one of the museums I went to, from the beginning, the number of Stalin statues I saw, that's what tripped me in thinking, okay, it's not headed the direction or something isn't quite what I thought it was. There's no way you're going to join the nation, the world of normal nations and have Stalin statues and Lenin statues all over the place. I mean, that's weird. One museum I was in was full of Stalin, like, uh, dummies or whatever, like wax figurines with his arms around children and smiling. I mean, they're still doing the whole Uncle Joe thing. Wow. In their museums. I mean, the one of the worst mass murderers in the history of the planet. They were still doing that in 2007. So it's not shocking that it has gone back the direction of it has been the last thousand years of dictators and, 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 and czars. That's hilarious walking around that museum. Ah, I guess I go look at this thing. I wonder what the hell that is. An old box. <laughs> it uh, could have the head of St. Peter in it. it <laughs> right. Could have been the jewelry box of the Tsarina. Was that Napoleon's sword or I don't know. Shoe shine box. This is a waste of time, is what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> More on the way. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Somebody uh, heard my story about traveling to Russia, and there was no English anywhere, and they sent this text. Russia traveled there three times for an adoption in 2012. No English, nothing. Um, and talked about how when they didn't have their uh, coordinator with them, they were completely lost on trying to get around. Like, And, yeah, it was like trying to go to the bathroom. It took me a long time to figure out what does the word bathroom look like in their alphabet. My my subway station, So I so I had my little book from having booked my hotel before I left, and it was the... What looked to me like Smolenskaya is the word, but in their alphabet, it's like a three and a backward B and a zero with a line <laughs> through it and a, some symbols I've never seen before. And that right. doesn't look like Smolenskaya. And then they didn't they didn't pronounce it that way. They like really, say it really fast. Smolenskaya. Smolenskaya. It really took me a while to figure out that that's what that was. Smolenskaya. And they would say it really quiet. You know how you've done public transit. They they're also bored with their job and they've said it a million times and they think everybody writing knows what it is. Right. So it's not like they Smolenskaya. Stop for anybody getting off. It's Smolenskaya. Really quiet. So I'd have my ear up against the speaker on this subway, trying to try not to miss my stop because I missed my stop. Oh. I was really screwed because I couldn't figure out how to get back on or whatever. They like Smolenskaya. 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 Yeah. That's my stop. I would get off and get to my hotel room that looked exactly like a Soviet Union brown box, dull sort of architecture that they're so famous for. It's also 18 degrees and snowing the whole time I was there. But um, and yeah, and this person said statues of Lenin everywhere. Any country that's got statues of evil dictators who have murdered millions, probably not a good place to be. It was striking in, I think it was Bratislava, uh, which is in uh, Slovakia, uh, part of the former Czechoslovakia, it's split in two, uh, to see the 
the big part of town that was built during the Soviet era and then the post-Soviet era uh, development. And it was just striking how miserable and, and sucky, just awful, boring, ugly, all the Soviet era stuff was. It's just terrible. And the idea that because they tart up Moscow and the train station and, and all that, that's what Russia is, like Tucker Carlson's talking about. You're out of your mind. Right. It's not true at all. Um, oh, what was the other thing? Oh, you know, I guess I told this story when I got back, but it was striking uh, the tour guide who was so fired up about democracy and oppression and the fire, the Iron Curtain and, and Russia talking about how they were told, yeah, the reason it's all walled off and all is because the West is so desperate to get into the workers' paradise of the Soviet Union wow. and the Soviet bloc. Right. That's why we have to have walls. Right. Everybody's trying to sneak into their country. Sure. Right. Yeah. Hey, uh, all these issues that we got going on uh, are political issues. There, there's some legal stuff, you know, with uh, Trump and Biden and court cases and documents, but uh, getting elected is a political thing. How do how do voters feel about Joe Biden since the her report came out and the documents and all that sort of stuff ain't good for the sitting president? Whether uh, those people are right or wrong <laughs> legally, it's not good news. I'll have you with the latest Reuters poll coming up. Yeah, it didn't feel like there was going to be an upturn in his poll numbers. <laughs> <laughs> right. God dang it. We've got so much time left and it's already amazing. If you miss a, uh, a segment or an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Inflation-weary shoppers are chasing cheap and bragging about it. They're being called dupes. Less expensive alternatives are private labels, and the social media generation loves them. It's kind of flipping the script on our parents' generation keeping up with the Joneses. This is buying an inexpensive thing to keep up and be cool. They're called dukes or dupes? Dupes. 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 Okay. Uh, Lifestyle-y stories centered on social media, please. Right. Yeah. They're called dupes. Well, they've got to be called something. All right, cheaper <laughs> alternatives is a little cumbersome. Wow. <laughs> you are you are over that kind of story. Oh yeah. They got to be called for something. bargains. Congratulations. <laughs> well, they've invented trying not to spend too much money. Well, if if it does become popular to have knockoffs and cool to have a knockoff as opposed to a real thing, I doubt that's going to happen. Yeah, I'd imagine there's a subculture of it, but it's like buying the house brand. Yeah, I, I grew up on it. I still do it. Um, so uh, Joe Manchin has announced officially he will not run for president. So he is not going to be the no labels candidate, which I think a lot of people were kind of holding out hope that him and maybe a moderate Democrat could uh, be on a ticket. Since uh, moderate Republican, moderate, yeah. moderate Republican, since uh, so many in America are not happy with the choices that they've got, but he probably for what it's worth. I was just reading about that, and I had completely forgotten. Joe Manchin is seventy six years old, too young. And he had been uh, floating the idea too young, too young. We can't have so many. He needs some seasoning, a little experience, and he was floating the idea. Mitt Romney is his running mate. 76 years old. Can we stop, please, with this? Mitt Romney announced he won't run either, so that's two pretty big names taken off the board for the no-labels people. And speaking of age, among other things, uh, Reuters-Ipsos poll that is out. Hang on, I got it. Here's your unity ticket. Kamala Harris, Marjorie Taylor Greene. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that yeah. time is every day. And everyone knows it. There you go. We, we have a <laughs> Beautiful, Michael. We didn't play the clip of Kamala Harris, but she said some nice, appropriate things about Alexei Navalny being murdered by Putin. And uh, it's interesting that when major world events have happened the last couple of days, that uh, Kamala is the spokesman. She is the... She is the soundbite of the day coming out of the White House, not the president of the United States. I mean, if he's to the point that he can't make a statement about major world events, how's he possibly going to be running for president in in eight and a half months? He can't even read three sentences off of a teleprompter. Anywho, uh, this is from Reuters Ipsos. Most Americans figure Biden got a free ride in the classified documents case, says poll. So this, this, this poll clearly answers the question. That or answer, uh, makes this statement. The issue of classified documents is nullified. That is a wash. That is over as a political issue. Trump, if he loses, still might be in trouble over that thing. 
because mm-hmm. of the difference being that he held on to him when he was asked and hit him and stuff like that, perhaps. Uh, but as far as how, how we can't have somebody in the White House that hangs on to classified documents as reckless with them, that is over as an issue. Please don't even try. The only significance I think it has is to fire up people uh, in the way we've described for a long time. To hell with it. I'm voting for Trump. They're going to pull this crap. I'm voting for Trump just to spite them. Uh, question. Voters believe Joe Biden received special treatment because he is U.S. president on the classified documents thing, not being charged. 53% a majority think he got special treatment. 30% of Democrats. Okay. And I, I, I don't know that he did get special treatment. Because they determined he's too old to stand trial <laughs> or to be found guilty by a jury. So I don't, I don't know if that's special treatment or just. But it is clear that whole secret documents thing is just that's just laughable. Everybody yeah. hangs on to them all the time and treats them nonchalantly. They just do. Maybe that's yeah. wrong, but they, it's irregular to do that, apparently. Yeah, I was going to make that point. I don't know whether he got special treatment per se, but uh, it's obviously not that big a deal. Clearly not. Anyway, depending on what the documents are and who sees them. uh, Voters who believe Joe Biden illegally retained the classified documents. Two thirds of Americans believe that 50 percent of Democrats believe Joe Biden illegally retained classified documents. Half of the Democrats. He did. He absolutely did. He absolutely did. Yes, but. Again, this How is, can 50% of Democrats not get that? Well, I'm just looking I mean, at this. Even if you concede that when he when it was brought to his attention, he immediately turned them back over and cooperated. Why did he immediately turn them over and cooperate? Because he wasn't supposed to have them. What the hell's the matter with you people? Right. And uh, But I'm just looking at this as a political issue. If even if, if 50% of doc, uh, Democrats are willing to say to a pollster, yeah, he did something illegal, that's, uh, that's something. And then this one. Yeah. So this is a slightly different worded question, so a slightly lower number. Remember, last week, whichever one of your major polls had 86% of voters think Joe Biden is too old to be president. Dang near 9 out of 10. That's unbelievable. This number is 78% on the question of Joe Biden is too old to work in government. So not be president. So there are a, there are a, a, a handful of more people who think he could be deputy undersecretary of the secretary of the interior and stay in government, but probably or a mail sorter or something. <laughs> a mail sorter, but probably shouldn't be president. Right. It's still seventy eight percent, including seventy one percent of Democrats think their candidate is too old to work in government. That's Don't a- mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. And those of you who are going to say, Trump's old too. Yeah, I don't understand the point. <laughs> get an argument. <sighs> These are odd times. I'd say. God, I was listening to a great podcast yesterday. There's a couple of guys got a book out. I should look up what the authors there are. There are no other podcasts. This is the only one. Maybe we should have them on. Uh, they've got a book out. Uh, uh, basically, the idea that the whole left-right thing is made up and a lie, and we shouldn't look at politics through that lens, and is really pretty damned interesting. And um, uh, and stuff we've talked about before. It was certainly the idea that terms like liberal and conservative. What the hell does that mean? Um, c- conservative. When I say conservative, I mean conservative, like what it was in the eighties or sixties or whatever. But media now says it as if it's whatever Trump believes is conservative. So you're you're not conservative if you don't agree with Trump, even though a whole bunch of the things that Trump believes weren't conservative at all before he was president. So mm-hmm. their 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 point is that 
individual humans with their personalities drag us to these different places on liberal and conservative, regardless of what the issue is. Apparently, we we latch onto the person and then whatever they say is uh, liberal, I'm going with, or conservative, I'm going with. Is uh, for a big chunk of people, it is interesting. And as has been pointed out many times, there's nothing more illiberal than the radical left right now. They brook no dissent. They're totalitarians. Right. right. I mean, that's that's the point that uh, Bill Maher's making on his HBO show all the time. This is not what we used to believe, these things. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, part of their point was the p- parties, as they're currently constructed, have coughed up candidates that practically nobody wants. Uh Certainly, very few Americans want both candidates to be running against each other. It's just what kind of what what has happened with what is going on? What the hell is going on? What is going and, on? And, and what can be done about it? And uh, yeah, and is there any reason to think that it's going to get any better after this next cycle? I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that. Leaving Trump out of the discussion because it's a a distraction, and b you know he's a it's a complicated case. Um, it, what has become clear, though, is going forward, if anybody, including a crank, can crank up a third of the party, they're the automatic winner. Unless, I don't know, the parties, and I, I mean the Republicans, the Democrats have their own thing going, and they're more disciplined uh, to commit acts of evil, in my opinion, but they're disciplined. Um Unless the Republican Party finds some way to reform itself, it will constantly be vulnerable to that I've got one-third fired up guy or gal, no matter what the other two-thirds thinks of them. And that's no way to be. What are their, I mean, that's, 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 um, that's terrible. Can their, you imagine belonging to an organization all right. where, where you're deciding an issue or electing a president or something, and two-thirds of the place is staunchly against a person? But because they can't agree on who else, that person just gets elected over and over. It's not a good way to be. No, you wouldn't want Putting to do Trump that. Trump aside, you wouldn't want to do that with anything. Deciding what you're going to eat for dinner or go on vacation, you wouldn't want to do it that way. Um, you'd always end up with the <laughs> very unpopular choice. But anyway, um, you might like this book or be interested in their conversation since that was your major in college. But uh, they're going through the history of the word conservative and what it's meant at different times and how it's sort of a useless term in that everybody, 100% of people, want to conserve the things they like and get rid of the things they don't, regardless <laughs> of your politics. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to keep the things I like and get rid of the things I don't. Who's with me? <laughs> Everybody's with you. Now let's get down to the particulars, which is when it gets complicated. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> well, speaking of college... 70% was... of Democrats think their candidate's too old to be president. What? Well, that bad well, yeah. care. Never mind my obviously Trump-adjacent discussion of the Republican Party. How the hell did he end up with that as a Democrat? Well, he's the incumbent. So what? So what? He's You're old the... and senile. You can't run anymore. Get. He's Ophidig, our, our acronym. One foot in the grave. That's right. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we will finish strong next. That's our promise. Strong and Getty.
Did you ever pay him through Cash App? No. You only ever paid him through cash? Well, yes. Uh, we're talking about, I'm very confused. You've now. never like, given Mr. Wade money through Cash App? No. The only money you've ever given him outside of a contract is cash. I didn't give him money in a contract, so that was cute. But I didn't give him money outside, uh, in a contract. What happened is, no, we're going to answer it since you said it. He worked. He worked more hours than he was paid. And the county paid him for the work that he did. So don't be cute with me and then think that you're not going to get an answer. And I will ask you about the contract in a minute. So do you get to talk like that sitting there in a courtroom? Doesn't the judge tell you to knock it out, knock it off? Generally, no. No, you don't. Of course, this is not a, the tr- a trial. It's a hearing. Okay, but still, I'm sitting up there. Do I get to say to people, hey, don't be cute with me? Do you get to say stuff like that? I didn't think you did. It seems odd to me. I haven't witnessed a lot of that sort of hearing. But So, uh, Fonnie Willis, uh, that's the voice Fonnie Willis, uh, persecuting prosecuting Trump, uh, the Fulton (laughs) County uh, election mangling case, whatever. Um, Evidently, there was some scandal in the DA's office, and when she was running, some sort of sex scandal in the DA's office. And this is her in 2020 when she was running. Clip 27, please, Michael. You're sitting with someone today that actually wants to make a difference because they deserve a DA that won't have sex with his employees. Because they deserve a DA that won't put money in their own pocket. I certainly will not be choosing people to date that work under me. <laughs> Let me just say that. And then the moment she walked in the door, they handed her the key. She cleared off her desk so she could make sweet love to her coworker and open the safe so that they, he could start putting money in it. <laughs> wow. Crazy. And then does that... Well, again, politically speaking, that's what matters the most. Unless any of these get to the point where Trump could go to jail or pay a fine, it's just how it matters politically. And politically, this gives them tremendous cover among so many people. They see this craziness and circus. It, it, oh, yeah. Yeah. Between that and the Alvin Bragg case, it it... Well, it's as I said before, and you don't need me to tell you this, it's really solidifying the perception that Trump is being... Uh, abused by the legal system, lawfare, as they call it, which is a pretty clever term. Um, and it's 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 terrible. And I'm not a huge Trump fan, but this is ugly. It's ugly and it's un-American. And it's pretty clear what's going on. We just we've so completely lost any sort of guiding principles in this country. Democrats ought to be as outraged as Trump fans and red Republicans. It's just it's awful. Anyway, eh, it's probably enough of that. It's the weekend, man. Everybody's kids off school Monday, probably because it's President's Day. So you got a three-day weekend you're heading into. Whatever you're going to do, skiing or traveling or nothing. Who was that guy um, who who used to work for a while for the Don and Mike show out of Washington D.C. and then worked for us for a little while? The weekends here, have a can of beer. You remember oh. that? Guy? Oh yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe that's right. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot he worked here. That's right. Yeah, that's right. For a for a cup of coffee or a mm-hmm. can of beer. Yeah, it's a nice fellow. Are we working Monday? I thought we decided we we're going to work President's Day anymore. Is Monday President's Day? Let's start yeah, there. That's why my kids are both off school and everybody's oh. kids. Well, I don't have any particular desire to work. <laughs> I am a man who craves leisure. I thought we weren't going to work President's Day anymore. We drive yeah, to work every President's yeah. Day and there's no traffic and everything's closed and we think, what the hell are we doing? Who 
who's in charge of this operation? A couple of dumbasses? <laughs> Executive produce us a day off. <laughs> Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought to wrap up the week. Wouldn't that be delightful? Let's begin the control room with our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael. I can't believe you're not working on Monday. I brought four outfits. Every hour I was going to switch to a different president. <laughs> Osme Lincoln and Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford. Jimmy Carter. Gerald Ford yeah. and Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman, as a final thought. Katie? My final thought was going to be I would not be upset if we decide to take Monday off. But after that, now I don't want to miss it. So it's I'm torn. If you've never seen him in his McKinley costume, it's fabulous. <laughs> Jack, a final thought? So in the Oscar-winning CNN film Navalny, he left a message that he wanted people to hear if he was ever successfully killed by Putin. And that has happened. CNN is rerunning that Oscar-winning film tomorrow night. And if you haven't seen it, it's really good and compelling. And now that he's died, I'm sure it will land a little differently. Yeah, you know what courage looks like by the end of that movie. Uh, my final thought, it, it flitted out of my head. I was considering something about Fonnie Willis's backward dress. Um, but I'd moved on to something. Oh, oh. The siren song of a strong man who's going to solve the country's problems is as old as time. If you study political history at all, it's as familiar to you as the come on lines a sleazy guy uses on a pretty girl at a bar. Once you recognize them, they're obvious. Don't fall for it. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. The hot links. The swag. Drop us a note if there's something we ought to be talking about. Send us the link. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I don't know if we're going to see you Monday or Tuesday. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. I bought him a bottle of wine. Down this road lies madness. When it's over, it is over. It is over. They say that all good things must end. Do you understand? No! Yes. Yay. Come on. Well, I thought you said something different, sir. Okay. So let's go out with a bang. Joe's My swole, tan, and veiny. With my Speedo there. Shaved, completely shaved, too, obviously. And oiled up. Have a great Friday, you mother The Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.